Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Yes, we are. You know, no matter what mood I'm in when we start, (laughs) (laughs) I hear that song and it makes me happy. Yeah. And then I hear Mark and it's all good. We found some uh, pretty significant... No, I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. (laughs) As you know, we like to troll all the various anti-social media places and see a lot of things and hear from a lot of people and we get emails and all of that and we're always here to try to help you. And there was a lady who posted in one of the groups we belong to and she was saying that she bought some fuel for her RV and used her debit card and it was at a truck stop and the truck stop put a $500 hold on her account. Well, that's not horribly unusual, actually. They'll put a temporary hold and then once the transaction clears and all of the banking nonsense is done, they will release that hold. That's a lot of hold, though. It is. And, and the problem with it being on your ATM card is that puts a hold on any money that you might have in your checking account. That's the fact, Jack. It's not so noticeable if it's on a credit card, right? It's there, but then it goes away. Right. So there are a lot of reasons not to use a debit card ever, really, but especially out on the road. Among those reasons include your protections when using a debit card are not nearly as good as using a credit card. Secondly, if there is someone who withdraws money from your account or puts a hold on your account, yes, the bank will very likely reimburse you, but how long will that take? Right. So when it's your money in your account... And let's say it's seven to 10 days, which a lot of them say is what it takes for a week, your money's gone. Mm -hmm. If it's a proper credit card, it's the bank's problem. And you can bet they're in a big hurry to fix it. (laughs) So there there are more protections for you and more advantages for you to use a proper credit card as opposed to an ATM or debit card. Right. And then you just pay it off every month. There's no reason to keep that debt accrued. Even weekly, you could make a payment that pays that credit card down. So you're using your cash to pay the credit card instead of using your cash to possibly have problems. Yeah. Now, we are very nerdy, as you, you, I'm sure. They hadn't noticed, I'm sure. Right. So we have a card that's linked to our wallet in Apple Pay. And I can see transactions as they happen. And and which, by the way, I caught on our most recent trip. And the bank basically just replaced the number on the card because the physical card has no numbers on it. 
That was great. And it was the bank's problem, not mine. All right. So I can see the transaction as they happen. And then I look at the end of the week and I just transfer money into the credit card. So it's always, you know, paid off. But we also get points. Yeah, we get credit card points. So right. we're earning a couple bucks back for every whatever. Yeah. That's another advantage of, of using a credit card. So yeah. I'm going to put a link. So, oh, I have to tell you, we have changed where the show notes are. It's a pretty significant change. I found that I was including them in the tool I use to put out the podcast. So if you looked at the podcast, you could see the show notes. Well, that's no more. What I've done is I have put a link to the relevant web page for each podcast. So if you look at the podcast notes, it should be a link directly to that page. And that's where you'll get all of the notes and links. And so what I'm going to do is put a link to Clark Howard, who's a financial talk show guy. And he is a big advocate of not using your debit card. And so I'll put a link to that because he has extensively talked about this. Hopefully it helps you not get scammed or... Not get ripped yeah, off, as ripped Clark off says. <laughs> lose, lose your money. That's the bottom line. That is a bummer when you're traveling. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to remind everybody that the sweepstakes for Drab to Fab is still going on. If you'll recall, we talked about the Drab to Fab event that we attended in June, held by the RV Women's Alliance. RVWA. And if you go to the RV Women's Alliance website, rvwa.com, and find the Drab to Fab page, you can buy sweepstakes tickets for an opportunity to win the trailer that they refurbished. And it's gorgeous and oh, wonderful. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I win, of course, <laughs> but I <laughs> uh, believe that the tickets stay on sale for another couple of weeks until about the 20th or so of August. So get in there and buy your tickets and good luck to me, you. Uh, so here's, uh, here's another reason to sign up for our weekly newsletter. In the bottom of the, each week's newsletter, while the contest is going on, there's a section there that says elsewhere on the internet. And I've been putting a direct link to the Drab to Fab trailer sweepstakes on that every week. So there's a, that's that's another reason to sign up. You Heck, you could ultimately end up winning a trailer. And it's, awesome. it is fab. It is a fabulous trailer. Indeed. Now we're going to talk to another fabulous woman. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of Carol fab. Mitchell. Coach Carol attended the RV Inspection and Technicians training academy and she is going to tell us about that experience and her experience now being a technician and inspector yeah talk about a great opportunity so we'll be right back with that after this we love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. 
Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's roadside assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's Stressless Camping. We are super excited to have Carol Mitchell here with us today. Carol has gone through the National RV Training Academy inspection course and provides inspection and technician services out of California, meaning in California or wherever she happens to be. (laughs) Carol, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So yes, exactly. The National RV Training Academy and the National RV Inspectors Association launching potentially a new career path as Coach CRV. So we spend a lot of time telling people if you or if you have friends who, what Tony says, know how to hold the right end of the screwdriver (laughs) and (laughs) are looking for a lifetime career, go into RV tech and repair, because that's something that's sadly missing in the world and probably will never go away. Yeah, I can't imagine. How did it come about that you saw this opportunity or what prompted you to to look into it or, you know, what was the spark that ignited the fire? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's been a journey to get where I am and then discovering this opportunity along the way was just kind of one of those random opportunities that land in front of you. I spent 20 plus years in the healthcare arena in the technology space. And unfortunately, due to a number of reasons, I was given an opportunity to find a new career after 23 years, whether COVID or others. But, you know, I found myself kind of with some time. I call it a paid sabbatical, if you will. Okay. Prior to that happening, I was literally just on Facebook and there's this ad and I believe her name is Pam. And they, the ad talks about a online or homeschool, basically training to learn how to fix about 80% of your RV. Oh, yeah, I've seen that ad. On your own, right? So I thought, what's that about? So I clicked on it, and then I ended up setting up some time. Well, when I clicked on it, I realized it led you to this this thing called the National RV Training Academy. And so we're kind of poking around on that a little bit and saw some of the classes they were offering. And I went ahead and ordered the program. And then as a result, I also ended up talking to a woman from the academy who's the coordinator for the Inspectors Association as well. And we had the funniest conversation. She asked me, she's like, okay, so you live in California? I said, yes. Do you have any intentions of leaving California? And I said, no. (laughs) And I said, but that was a really odd question. She said, well, I have a really hard time keeping inspectors in 
California and in particular Northern California, because most of the folks that head into this lifestyle, if you will, are part of kind of that nomadic lifestyle. They're getting ready to retire. They're full-time living on the road. And most folks don't choose to have an address in California, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. There's many other places that folks that choose to have a post box or have an address, they don't choose California. Right. So they had a really hard time keeping people once they got trained in California. They train and leave. And I said, nope, I plan to stay here. This is where my kids are. And so through the course of that conversation, I just kind of put that in the back of my mind. And then I ended up being laid off. And I thought, well, you know what? As I mentioned, I call it a paid sabbatical. When will I ever have the opportunity to take a month off from work? Right. And paid. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, right? So I went ahead and signed up for three weeks. The first week was more of a technician's type training that at the end of the week, it's very equivalent to what I had purchased online, but it was hands-on. Where was that class? All of this is at the Training Academy, which is located in Athens, Texas. Okay. So you had to go there and take the classes then for this? Yes. At one point, they had done some online version of this during the height of the pandemic, but it just really doesn't work out that well. Yeah, it's hard to get hands on on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to touch this stuff. And they're amazing at what they do. And the academy itself, the facilities are wonderful. And it's actually located on an RV park, which is a very nice RV park as well. So I drove out to Texas and took the first week of training. And at the end of that, you can choose to take an exam. And if you pass that exam, you end up with the qualification as a registered technician Hmm. versus what's called a certified technician. And so a registered technician is is essentially able to perform all the maintenance that you would want to do, winterizing, etc., and a number of technical items as well. And that's kind of the area that I've focused in on some of the work that I've been doing. And then the next two weeks were the inspector's training. It's pretty intense. It's it's all day training. You're a sponge for three weeks. <laughs> so it, it's pretty, it's, it's exhausting. And you get an RV. You're like camping there, right? Well, so yeah, I, I had access to an RV that I brought with me. And so we were there on site. And so you become a little community. And, you know, coming from California at that time, I went out there in uh, the May time frame. We were still under a mask mandate here and they weren't in Texas. So yeah. that was a little yeah. bit. That was a little bit of an adjustment as well, but that really wasn't a problem. If you talk to anybody that graduates from that academy in any of the courses, whether it's the one-week technical course, which they recommend for RV owners, right? Even if you're not going to go into the mobile tech field, it's, right. it's a great education. You kind of leave there as part of a family. So there's a great networking that occurs post-graduation as well. And how many people were in that one-week class? In the one-week class, I'd say there was probably just about 30 of us. Okay. And those were just people who wanted to learn to do things that they could do on their own RVs. You know, it was a mixture of them. Okay. So it it was literally folks who were there just to do that. The gentleman sitting in front of me, retired for many, many years, has this beautiful A class, and he really just wanted to know how to fix more of it. The other folks were those of us who were there for the inspector's class, but wanted to also take this piece. Okay. And then there was a whole gaggle of folks that they were taking this and then going on to six weeks of on-site training to become a certified technician. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there are some folks who were there for three months. Wow. wow. So mainly what you did, you said you did a week of that kind of basic 
stuff. And then you did two weeks that were focused on inspection, right? Yeah. So as far as technician, you you didn't take any specific technician course? No, not at this point. It was all general. We literally covered covered all the life safety systems. And again, it's kind of from the moment you would plug into the pedestal at a campsite to the moment you leave, what are all the things you touch in between Uh and how to diagnose them, troubleshoot some issues, do the maintenance, understand how they work. Uh, It was a ton of information. And so now you are a certified inspector, correct? I am. I am. I'm a nationally certified inspector. So once you graduate, um, you are part of the National RV Inspectors Association, the NRVIA. There's a website, nrviia.org, and there's information about, you know, what does it mean to be an inspector, our standards of practice, and there's a locator. The locator is actually kind of entertaining, so it looks just like a Google map, right? Okay. And the inspectors are listed there based on geography. Right. So if you're located in the Sacramento area and you'd like to have an RV or a trailer inspected, you go out and put your address in. And then all of the folks within a 25-mile radius or more, whatever you want to do, will pop up. Okay. And that's, that's how you find those that are around you. What's interesting about it is a number of the folks that are inspectors and technicians are mobile, right? They live on the road. And so during certain times of the year, you'll see folks, for instance, in the north. And then all of a sudden, as the cooler temperatures start, (laughs) you'll see everybody change their locations and the concentration of the inspector locations swings to the south. So it's pretty entertaining if you're, you know, kind of watching that. So it's kind of real time rather than mailing address based. That is correct. Yeah. So if so if I were to decide, yeah, if I were to decide to go to, you know, Florida for 3 months, I would change my location. Interesting. And so basically the inspectors are following the RVs around. <laughs> kind of. You'll see the technicians do that too. And actually what's kind of exciting is again the NRVTA, the Technical Academy, they're launching a location type service for the technicians as well which will be wonderful. So for those of us that are both technicians and inspectors will be listed on either of the locators, but they will have one for inspectors, which is just super valuable um, to be able to do that. Right. So now that you're certified, what has been your next step? Have you, you've opened an inspection business? Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting my feet wet on both sides of the lane. So in the technician space, I've done a few calls to some local RVs, you know, fixed a converter, troubleshooting some power issues, get a phone call that says, my, when I turn the water on in my fifth wheel, my lights dim. Oh, that's like the toilet flush story. Yeah, yeah, we heard a story very similar to that at the FMCA convention. <laughs> and what did it, what did that end up being? A low battery. So this was a, a battery. All four batteries were bone dry. Oh, geez. And they had drained and pretty much killed the converter. So no. as soon as we replaced mm-hmm. the converter, everybody was happy. But yes, you get calls like that. I turn the water on my sink and my lights are dimming. Yeah. <laughs> this lady's TV went off. Yeah, that was. The TV stopped working and she just couldn't have it. <laughs> when she flushed the toilet, she flushed yeah, the yeah. toilet, the TV went off. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's all about amperage, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all about demand. In that story, they said he said that like all his techs, he sat them all down in front of the TV and she went and flushed the toilet and they all sat there scratching their head until this new kid fresh off the farm A popped, detailer. His, popped his head in. Yeah, he was just sweeping floors and cleaning and he said... 
Didn't anyone check the batteries? <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me he got a promotion that week. <laughs> I would think so. You know, it's things that you learn, for instance, your refrigerator, right? And you're plugged in and your refrigerator takes 120. But the brains of the refrigerator on the front take 12 volts. Right. So if your battery's not working, even though you're plugged in, your refrigerator's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I kind of liken it to the Hulk and Bruce Bannon, right? So the Hulk ah. is 120. Yeah. And 120 is crazy. 120 could do anything, but unless it's got some brain controlling it, it's just a bunch of crazy muscle. Right? Yeah. So that's good. It's always about the battery. It's all about power. Where I sold RVs, we would always include the single deep cycle battery. And we would say, now make sure you check the water level in this about once a month because mm -hmm. they were always plugged in. And sure enough, about a year after they bought their coach, if not less, here they come. Hey, nothing works in my trailer. Yep. Did you check the water and the battery? No. I don't need a battery. I'm plugged in. <laughs> well, then it was like, well, what's the warranty on the battery? Well, yeah. it, it's in effect if you maintain it. Yeah. 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 And as it turns out, this was a young couple living in a fifth wheel on their parents' property, and they'd had it plugged in for two years, and lo and behold, all the batteries were gone. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. So, I've done a few things on that technical side. And then on the inspector side, I'm actually partnering one of the guys in my local area. He's been an inspector since 2018. And this is part of, of just the great networking that, that happens when you're part of the association. And I reached out to him after I graduated. I'm all shiny new. <laughs> and so I reached out to him and we've started a partnership and he's agreed to mentor me. He's got a number of years of experience under his belt. So that's actually really wonderful. And then I'll be traveling to Sparks, Nevada in August to do uh, an inspection on a really beautiful A-Class 2. So I'm kind of starting both of those threads. My name of my new company is Coach CRV. So I'm a lifelong sports coach, and so I have the nickname of Coach already. <laughs> so just kind of incorporating that into it. So just starting to get those things off the ground and running. Nice. And are you seeing yourself a tremendous amount of demand already? as people find out about you? It comes and goes in spurts, and that's kind of the experience that my, you know, my peers experience across the country. It, it is cycling. So we do get a lot of calls, and it's really folks just trying to figure out, what is this inspection thing? <laughs> you know, as soon as we compare it to, like, a home inspection, folks are like, oh, I get it. Because it's a home on wheels. Right, right? Yeah. And for some of these investments, they're very large investments and they are emotional investments. Yeah. And so to try to take that step to have an inspection done and we're, we're you know, third party independent, we don't recommend whether you would purchase the rig at the end of an inspection. We just say, here's what we've observed. Here's what we've documented. Use this as part of your decision making as to whether or not this is the RV for you. Right. And do you look at RVs, used RVs, obviously, but have you also done inspections on new RVs before people purchase? So for myself, the one in Reno will be the newest one that I'm doing. But, you know, my mentor here in town, we've been talking quite a bit. And a lot of my peers across the country, because I'm still so new out of the academy, absolutely are doing inspections on brand new rigs. So they go to the dealership and... Yeah look at okay yeah yeah absolutely and lots of the dealers are are great partners and they understand our role and it's actually can be complimentary you know Tony as you said you used to sell RVs some aren't as keen on it but um, it's all part of the learning curve right and if I had a new RV what 
would it cost? Let's say it's a travel trailer. What approximately do you think is like a national average for the cost of inspecting that? Yeah, it's funny. It's, funny. it's always the first question that folks lead with. Right. It's, the question, it's the question we try not to answer first. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're in sales, right? You know, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't answer, you know, it's it's like asking how much is a car? Yeah. Well, what do you want? Exactly. And then it's the, what can you afford? That infamous response. It, it is a challenge, right? So the older rigs, you know, if they're older than 2000 or so, you know, you guys know this rigs rattle, right? That's yeah. what they do. And so things are a bit more difficult to inspect in the sense that you're going to find more things. Sure. And so really as part of the inspection, it's a conversation, right? Are you a couple that want to do, are you happy doing renovations? Right. If you're happy doing renovations and you don't care that the fabric or the window coverings are dated or maybe in some disrepair, those are the types of conversations that we have first. Really, what is it that you're looking for? If the person is like, no, I'd like the shiny new stuff that, you know, I just, I'm the only person who's ever run it. I'm the only person who's ever, you know, slept in that bed. Those are just two different audiences. Mm -hmm. And so you try to figure out and understand what is it that the client is looking for. Right. There's usually three levels of inspection. Now, there's variation, but the recommendation is kind of three levels. And one is what we call an essential, which is more of a life safety type stuff. And it's less about documentation and more about meeting with the new clients, the potential buyers, and walking with them through. It takes a couple of hours. And you walk with them through that new rig and you're talking to them about the systems. You're talking about what you're, what you're observing. You're not actually testing things. You're not getting out your meters and checking the batteries, those types of things. It's much more of a visual. So it's just kind of a, let's see if this is, let's kick the tires, right? Uh There's an essential plus and then there's a premiere. And they vary in terms of the level of documentation, but the items are pretty much the same in terms of inspection. A big focus on the life safety items and then on a premiere, which can take six to eight hours. Wow. You're looking at everything. You're running everything, you're opening everything, you're testing everything that you can. We don't test the motors, right? So we're more structural. Right. And a lot of inspectors will also offer testing all of the different fluids on the vehicles, the generators, the coolant, the oil, mm-hmm. and have those analysis done and sent to them if they want to have that type of, of motor. So, you know, quite frankly, Tony, it can range between, you know, three hundred and fifty dollars to twelve or thirteen hundred dollars, depending on the year, the make, the model. Some of it's based on geography, but that's kind of the range nationally. So that's, I mean, when you think that, especially, let's say you're buying a two-year-old travel trailer just to pull a number out of, because that's what I saw a lot of in the used market. Someone like you might find something hidden that the people wouldn't know about, and the leaks are the biggest thing with right. travel mm-hmm. trailers, especially, well, all RVs. And that could lead to black mold and long-term structural damage and that kind of thing. So 500 bucks now could save you thousands down the road. Right. I'll give you a good example that happened very recently. And actually a similar issue on two different types of rigs. Both were A-class. One was a 94 and the other was a 2019. And through the course of just starting the inspection, on both of those rigs, when we engaged the inverters, they smoked. Mm. Literally smoking inside their bay. 
Mm. One was an aftermarket added. It was clearly newer than the vehicle itself. But the owner, this this was already a purchased vehicle. The owner had never used the inverter. They'd never docked. They'd always been plugged in. Had you not known that, and they're inside of a bay, that can cause that's that's a real concern. Yeah. The other one was on a much newer model. Again, initiating the inverter. And we use all of our senses when we're inspectors, right? Sight, smell, touch, and all of a sudden... Spidey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spidey sense. Exactly. We use them all, and it tingles. <laughs> and so all of a sudden you could smell electrical, right? You know that smell oh, that yeah. we all know? Oh, yeah. And that you know, all of your spidey senses go off when you hear that or smell that. And went outside and sure enough, opened up the bay and the inverter was smoking. Oh, my gosh. And those are just, you know, some examples of, of weird things. We, you know, we hear all kinds of stuff from <laughs> I bet. across the country. You know, just strange things like there's no plumbing under the sink and it's a brand new rig. So somebody forgot <laughs> to do something. Whoops. Yeah. One of the ones I remember, we had a new rig come in and I was very fortunate. The dealership I worked at had great techs and a really thorough inspection process and as part of that we run you know all the systems including the heater and we we're about to start the heater and looked and there's no exhaust cut into the side <laughs> of the trailer so clearly this trailer was built at the end of a shift and mm -hmm. someone was like well i'm going home and the next person didn't realize well that had never been done you know just an example of a brand new rig also and uh, this is a comrade out in the the midwest shared a picture with all of us and you know the tracks at the bottom of a shower door uh -huh. mm -hmm. have those weep holes right so that the water weeps back into the shower right it had been installed Backward. Oh, boy. Oh, so it's weeping out into the yeah, room. It's basically ruining the floor. <laughs> right. And it's a brand new rig had never been run. So, I mean, there are some folks that, you know, it's good eye and good yeah. call. So, yeah. And it's hard for some folks to want to pay that type of money thinking, gosh, the dealer's going to inspect it as well. And I think if we find the best partnership with dealers is it's a complimentary process. Right. They're going to do their dealer walkthrough and they're looking potentially at different things. And so I think the best of both worlds is is that partnership with the inspector and the dealer and they're doing their walkthrough and they fix things that they find. And then we're kind of coming through with that fine tooth comb before you go off the lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. And if that can then be identified and the dealer takes care of those then everybody's happier. Yeah. So before you went into the academy, how screwdrivery were you? Were you really <laughs> good? Like, did you do your own home repairs or were you the call someone to do the repair? You know, like I, me. <laughs> yeah. Or me. You know, it really varied. I would not, for instance, build a gazebo in my backyard. Right. Like, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know, but I'm, I'm fairly handy. The thing for me, though, is I have a tremendous, I'll just call it respect. I'm air quoting for electricity mm -hmm. it's always been my my challenge and frankly taking this training you have to take on electricity head-on and so it's helped me personally right not have as much fear but it's still i've still got good respect though so i was you know somewhat handy but by no means I, i'm far more capable now there were people in our class that truly are not in any way they don't even own a screwdriver until they took this class okay Okay, so it really is an opportunity for almost anybody. I think so. I mean, obviously, you're going to do well if you have either an understanding or an appreciation for repair and fixing and systems, but it's good to know that they can 
show you that enough that you can actually do a, a good job. Oh, yeah. It's tremendous training. And like I said, there's kind of three flavors of folks that walk out of there. The ones that are, you know, have completely bought into it and they're ready to go and take a refrigerator apart and an air conditioner <laughs> apart, you know, because they're like, wow, how does that tick? You know, then there's folks like me who are like, okay, I can maintain that. I can do some tech repair on some things. I can certainly take care of my own stuff, but I'm the detail-oriented person that wanted to go on into inspection. Right. And then there's those folks that are like, that is so cool. I will be so much more confident when I'm on the road having taken this training. You know, it's similar to other boot camps that are offered around the country to new homeowners that are week-long and they tell you what's gray water, what's black water. This is a step beyond that. Right. It's actually more technical in that sense. Right. And what does it cost to go for the week and then for the inspector, inspector training? training? To be quite honest, I haven't added it all up yet. Okay. <laughs> so for me, because it involved, there's tools, right? So you could probably, if you have the tools already, you can get by with a minimal set of tools. And then there's, I'd almost want to send you guys out to their site before quoting any of the costs. <laughs> yeah, and we can do that. Basically, it's a, it's a great way to get into a lifelong career. It can be, absolutely. And, and let me just give them a little plug to while we were there, the Academy had just completed a partnership with the Texas Work Commission. And what that's allowing them to do is give veterans the opportunity to use some of their VA dollars. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not in that category, right? So I'm aware of what that full benefit is. But there are a number of veterans who were kind of on a list hoping to be able to utilize some of their VA benefits and become technicians and really create a second lifestyle or a second path for career for them. Super big achievement for them. It was really cool. And that happened while while I was there. That's terrific. I mean, yeah. what a and I always tell people if you know a person who has some idea of which end of the screwdriver to hold oh, yes. and they want a lifelong career, this is a great opportunity. But I always say if you're gonna be a, a mobile tech, get a magnetic mm -hmm. sign and a van. Because oh, yeah. there's going to be days you want to take that off because you will be inundated with every RV park right. you go to. It's actually one of the tips and tricks they give you for the trade. Don't paint it on. Make <laughs> sure it's a magnet so you can take it off when you need a breather. Yeah. And that locator map, you can yep. disable yourself for a <laughs> amount of time. Right. Like if you're going to take a Route 66 trip and you really don't want to work on that trip, then you turn your locator off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That's fantastic. My son, who's who's 19... And one of my cousins who's in his 20s, I've been talking to both of them saying, if I were younger, given where, you know, this industry is going to stay, this is definitely a path I would recommend. I love the trades and I encourage my kids to both do college and the trades. But this is a great opportunity. Yeah, right. It's a good thing to know. And then since you brought up age, we would never ask you your age, but you are <laughs> you are an adult. Got college age kids. So. Yeah, you've got college age kids. So there you go. It's a great career path. And clearly you're a woman too. And that's something there are no reasons not to do this. If you even have half the idea of, mm, I wonder if this is for me. It very well could be. And in the worst case scenario, you've just learned to take care of your own RV. So you don't have to hire out when you do have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you asked me at the beginning what sparked this. And, and I think it was just the opportunity to learn more. I'm a lifelong learner. And 
for me, you know, I'm a few years from retirement, just a little bit too far from retirement. So I call this a paid sabbatical. And this was going to be my side hustle in retirement. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have an opportunity to decide, does it stay a side hustle, if you will? Or does this go into the main line? And I really try to focus on this. I think that what it's done is it's given me an opportunity to experience this and uh, to an opportunity to decide if I want to do this, you know, full time. Right. Yeah. And with there were over 550,000 units produced just last year. Yep. There's no shortage of material. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. And, and what I think is interesting about it, too, is I was chatting with a potential client who's looking at a 1994 rig, fully aware of the challenges that are going to come with it. And really just want to make sure all the life safety systems are working. And that's nice where we have the, the different you know opportunities to do inspections. And that's just exciting to talk to folks who are just passionate about the opportunities before them. Right. And then, the, you know, the ways that we can help them help them make a decision, at least with another piece of information in terms of what we offer. Yeah. It's good to hear right from the source of what's available and, and what it takes mm -hmm. to make this happen. And I think it's outstanding. Mm -hmm. I jokingly say it's my blue collar side of me, <laughs> you know, while I still have the, the white collar side of me and I'm, I am enjoying the heck out of getting my hands into this. And so it's, it's given my brain and my, you know, my, my soul, just a different focus for a while. And I'm enjoying it tremendously. That's terrific. So what is the most challenging aspect of this whole endeavor? On the inspection side, the pressure of ensuring that you're really checking everything out. So I think that's kind of the biggest challenge. This is sometimes the biggest decision folks are making, right? They're either changing their lifestyle and they're going to go live on the road. And, and that's why I was saying it's an emotional decision. So I, I feel a burden of accountability. And so I think that's probably the biggest challenge. There are some technical challenges. There are physical challenges, right? <laughs> you know, when you're standing next to some Integra monster and and you look at how tall that is you're thinking gosh my ladder even reach that <laughs> you know so so crawling around on the roofs of things gets a little daunting just from the physical piece of it and, and frankly just the elevation on the technician side i, I think we kind of got into that conversation it's absolutely fascinating to troubleshoot mm -hmm. but when you get that phone call of i turn the water on and my lights go dim huh. at first you're like oh okay what is that and then it's like oh Good. Am I going to be able to figure that out? Right. right. Yeah. I you know I went on a call and this gentleman was having a challenge with the power in his A-class vehicle. He'd never plugged it into shore power. So I said, well, hey, let's go do that and went to plug it into shore power. And his extension cord had been underwater and we had a very interesting sparking oh. event. And that's a lot of power to be putting through. That's a lot of power. So those are kind of the most challenging, right? So it ranges from hurting my brain to, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's a joke at the academy. One of the instructors, the top instructors there, his whole joke about, well, you know, you can always lick it and see what the deal is. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like a nine volt battery. Just put I your tongue on it. That. Yeah, I'm not I wouldn't <laughs> lick a 50 amp cord. Yeah, no, uh -uh. but I think the fun part about it is each day is a new day. You meet amazing people. You guys know that in yeah. your endeavors. Yep. And most folks are getting into this for joy, right? There are some folks who get into the situation because they're in a life circumstance that this is where they need to live. But most of us are getting into this for the next adventure in life. So mm -hmm. the energy that you experience from people is just so palpable. 
and uh, it's so cool. That's, being that's able to help, awesome. Yeah, that's being able fantastic. to help someone fix something is very satisfying. Right. Yeah. So it's a it's a job that pays well, that is satisfying, that changes all the time, and gives you the opportunity to travel. If you're listening to this, how come you haven't signed up yet? <laughs> I am signing up. <laughs> right? No, it's not for everybody, but I will tell you if you're living the the life on the road, you know, that first week's class, I really do think is very valuable. You walk out of there with so much more confidence the next time you hit the road. Mm-hmm. The value of that can't be expressed. I mean, it's it's a big deal. Yes. And then if you're a geek and you get bit by the bug, the next thing you know, you're there for two more weeks or six more weeks or <laughs> three months or whatever. You're going back. <laughs> and the, the fun part is I will probably go back and do some of the more certified level, specifically, you know, being in California on solar and air conditioning. Oh, oh yeah. You know, to really be that expert in those areas is probably something I'll do. And that's another week's worth of training back in Athens, Texas. Right. That sounds good. Well, boy, we sure appreciate your time spent with us today and opening people's eyes to this fantastic opportunity. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that you think is important for people to know? What surprised me the most, I'll just share from my own personal growth, what surprised me the most coming from administrative level in technology and healthcare to carrying a tool belt around and, you know, schlepping tools in my truck. (laughs) It's surprisingly satisfying. It's kind of fulfilled a side of my soul that I wasn't expecting. So I think if folks are out there just kind of wondering what is it that they want to do, especially if they're younger, you know, take a chance. I think it's something that will surprise you. That's a great. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's been unexpectedly uplifting. A good way to spend a paid sabbatical. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. So not only figure out a career, but figure out a career that's so emotionally satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a great thought. (laughs) It's hard, hard work. You know, you spend eight hours crawling in and out of every crevice of an RV. It is difficult work. It's very taxing. And then writing up the report takes on an average to four to six hours as well. So it's quite a time investment Mm -hmm. and you're fried after it. But (laughs) yeah, it's pretty cool. That is awesome. That is great information. Carol, we really, really appreciate you spending some time and telling us about this experience that you've had and maybe inspiring some other people to try this and also just kind of, you know, giving us an idea of what goes on out there in the inspection world. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity as well. And where can people get a hold of you? So if you go out to the NRVIA's locator site, I'm in the Sacramento area in California. Okay. Just starting the other marketing campaigns, but that's the easiest way to find me for right now. And that also drives you to the the association's homepage. So if you're located someplace else, um, you can find folks just like me out there in your area to help you. Perfect. So we will put a link to the NRVIA on our show notes so that that is easy for people to find. And then they can look you up or, as you said, look up whoever's in their area that they need. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, Carol, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you. You bet. Have a great day. You too. You as well. Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground? (laughs) Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. 
But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com, where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now, now that's Stressless, stressless Camping. camping. We found something when we were at the FMCA rally in Gillette, Wyoming. There was a goodie bag given to all attendees. Right. And in that was something called a Venture Wipe. Right. So they actually gave us a Venture Wipe that was a body wash wipe and then another one that was an insect repellent wipe. Right. So I had already been familiar with the Venture Wipes because I heard about it over on Heath and Alyssa's RV Entrepreneur podcast, which sadly is no longer going to be produced. Right. But we heard about it from them. What these are, are essentially a large baby wipe. It's 12 by 12, but the material is biodegradable and all of the liquids are hypoallergenic. So there's tea tree oil and there's, a, there's two or three things in there that, that do the cleaning job. And so I thought to myself... Self? <laughs> since they gave me a free one... I was going to see, is this a substitute for a daily shower? And so I sallied forth and <laughs> tested the product and spent a summer day in Gillette, Wyoming. Right. And I would say that, yes, the experience, boy, how do you say this without people just going, I never want to hear this I again. I know, right? But the results were comparable to having taken a shower in the morning, to, by my estimation. I really like these Venture Wipes. As I said, the material itself, so there's a sort of a rougher side and a smoother side for various cleaning applications. They're large. They're all individually wrapped, so they're not going to dry out as those ones did that we bought at the beginning of right. the pandemic. The where one we, that's more like a package where you pull one out at a time. Yeah, like a Kleenex box is yeah. what those. These are all each individually wrapped. They open up. They're surprisingly large, and then you, you know, do what you got to do. And then according to the manufacturer who was there at the show, and we got to talk to him, you can let them dry and then use them as toilet paper. Now, do not put them down your black tank. <laughs> use maybe a garbage can or something if that's your choice. Or you can use, you can dampen them and use them for equipment or adventure gear, whatever. There's a full review over on RV Travel. We'll put a link to that. But I was surprised at how well this worked, how long it stayed moist and how effective it was. And so I will put a link in Amazon also to where you can get them. But the bottom line is they are a decent substitute for a daily shower, in my opinion. And if you do a lot of boondocking, gosh, what a great way to save water. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or if you're, you know, we are obviously not, but if you're the type that does multiple day hikes or something and you have to carry everything in and carry everything out. These are uh, 
nice substitution for having a shower. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Two thumbs up on Venture Wipes. Now, they also have a bug wipe. And I have said on the podcast in the past that if there is a mosquito in the county, it has found me. (laughs) I have, oddly enough, we haven't camped where there's been bugs. We haven't, yeah, we haven't been able to test that bug wipe, but we will soon. So maybe by next week, we'll have a follow-up. Maybe, yeah, we're going (laughs) camping this weekend, and that's a place where mosquitoes also camp so we will give them a a test and maybe that'll be our next week right (laughs) who knows last week we wanted to know how many of you out there have power tongue jacks and of the responses a vast majority of us have power tongue jacks and what i determined in my own mind, of course, (laughs) is that those three of you who don't are just young people with strong backs that that don't require the power tongue. Now, we didn't, in the very, very beginning, we ended up adding the power tongue jack, and we don't have it on our yard trailer. We didn't have it on our box trailer, but those were much lighter, much smaller trailers. And again, we didn't have it in the very beginning when we got this trailer, but we added it so that it would be an easier lift of the RV. Because we, you know, well, now we're let's, not young people with tip. strong backs. Well, it's <laughs> not so much that. Here's a tip that some people may not know. If you have weight distribution bars on your travel trailer, if you use the power tongue jack to lift not only the trailer but the back end of the truck, mm-hmm. it takes the stress off those weight distribution bars. Just for assembling them. Right, right. It's much safer to connect and disconnect the trailer because you don't have hundreds of pounds of pressure on those weight distribution bars. So I don't know if the power tongue jack really is a luxury. I think if you have weight distribution bars, it's closer to a necessity. Are you not able to do that by hand? I guess you can. If We're you're... not able to do that by hand. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even. <laughs> My I answer mean, stands. Oh, yeah. Those young, strong guys. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I, I Give me a power tongue jack. So one of you, I think, said you've been using the same one since 1968, and I'm very proud of that. I'm happy to hear it. I'd help you if you had to have help, but (laughs) but I prefer (laughs) the power. (laughs) Yeah. And like I say, I think it's a safety thing if you have weight distribution bars. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Okay. So this week, talking to Carol, I thought, how confident are we in doing our own minor repairs on our RV? And we're not going to answer that question right now, but that's the question I'm going to ask you. Are you confident in doing minor repairs on your RV? Hey, where can I answer those questions? You can answer those questions on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. That is a name. Big old long name. And we would love to hear from you and have you join us in that group. It's a fun, happy group that likes to talk about Camping. Yeah. Okay. So this week's maintenance reminder, and I have said this a lot. If you have a propane electric fridge, gas absorption fridge, take those covers off the outside of your RV and just give it a a good look. Hey, Peggy, what did somebody find in the back of their fridge? Bats. 
Yeah. Not rats. How did they report it? They reported it on Facebook. It was worse than mice. And I thought, <laughs> there is no way that there could be something worse than mice. And as it turns out, bats had gotten in through that vent on the back of the fridge and gotten in the walls of their RV. Yeah. So Ugh. it's good to check the back of the refrigerator now and then. We also spoke with somebody who had a question about their refrigerator just not cooling well. And I said, well, can you show me a picture of the back of, you know, what's in that cabinet behind the fridge? Oh, my well, gosh. We figured out the reason. So, you know, that 42% of RV fires start in the refrigerator. And I told them, you're going to be in that 42% sooner rather than later. In addition to the refrigerator not cooling well. <laughs> right. It's just, oh gosh. It's a, so It's a dangerous thing. So this is not only maintenance for making things work really well, it's also very much a safety maintenance issue. Absolutely. And just another feather in the cap of 12 volt fridges. <laughs> yeah. No opening on the outside of your RV. Yep. So there you go. So Tony mentioned that weekly newsletter earlier. I you know, did. we do send it out and it's free. It's free to what? sign up. Completely free? Completely free. That's... All you have to do is go wow. on stresslesscamping.com. And the first time you go there, it'll pop up a box and ask if you want to subscribe. And if you forget or you accidentally click no, then you can go to the bottom of any page and find that request again and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Yeah, and we're not going to spam you or send you a bunch of junk. We try to do, a, well, we do a once a week newsletter, try to have information from around the internet that's of use to you as well as highlights from the Stressless Camping Podcast website. Right. Then once you're done signing up for the newsletter and you're on the Stressless Camping website, you know, you can use that to find discounts and deals. Ooh, really? Yeah, wow, we have a whole page of discounts and deals for all the things you might need and discounts on all those things that you might need. For your for stressless, stressless camping. camping. Wow, that's pretty cool. Of course, we are in all the social places, but if you start at stresslesscamping.com, well, heck, that's the jumping off place for all the rest. And, of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of this podcast, did you know? It's also free. Wow, we're like giving away the farm. All right. So go to any podcast app, all your podcast catchers that you love, subscribe to Stressless Camping, and you can listen to us every week for free. Yeah, we're saving you, yes you, a seat around our virtual campfire. And did you know a review will help others find us. And we have a couple of more reviews this week. We do. And I want to thank RVing Ed and Law PGH. I'm not sure if there's a way to say that. Law <laughs> PGH. <laughs> Wait, maybe it's laugh. Oh. It might be laugh. laugh. I don't know. But whatever. Whoever you are, thank you for your review. <laughs> yes. It just tells Apple Podcasts that people are listening and that we're providing you value, which is really our goal with this is to try to provide some value and make it worth spending some time with us in your ears, besides the bad dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us this week. We hope you tell your friends. We hope you tell people you don't like. Tell people at the grocery store. Yeah, wherever you are, especially at the campground. But most of all, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!